0: I want to focus this Christmas season on the next couple of Sundays on on joy. What a great word, joy. When I say joy, joy looked up at me, but uh, we're talking about the Lord's joy that we can have in our heart. The angel announced to the shepherds at the birth of Jesus, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Over and over again in the gospel's account of the birth of Christ there are references to this joy. And it's not just any joy. This is mega joy that God has available for anyone and everyone. The reason joy is such a huge part of the Christmas story is because it is such a huge part of the life that our Messiah came to give us. And if that joy is such a huge part of the life that the Messiah came to bring to us, why is it in such short supply in the lives of so many believers today? We find ourselves whining and worrying, stressed and depressed much of the time. And in the absence of that real mega joy, we try to stuff our lives with the things and experiences of this world, hoping to find God's joy that is missing in our life, and we come up with a great big zero. It's kind of like eating candy. What we really need is real food. Huh? Remember when you were a kid and your parents used to say to you when you were headed to the candy store, candy you can't have that candy before the meal. My wife still says that to me, even today. <laughs> Now, why would our parents say something like that to us? You can't eat that candy before supper. Well, it's because they knew that it would ruin your appetite for the next meal. You see, the trouble with eating candy is that it gives you a sugar buzz. I mean, it feels really good, you know, for a short time. You don't feel like you're hungry, but you really are because it doesn't last. You see, candy hides the fact that our body needs certain nutrients like protein and vitamins. And listen to me, church. The things that produce happiness in this world act for us like spiritual sugar. It makes us happy for a short time, but it never lasts for long. And soon we find ourselves looking for something else. What we don't understand is that we are starved for the joy and the satisfaction in life that our body needs that only Jesus Christ can bring. It is a joy that is much deeper and lasts much longer than anything else we can experience. So I want to ask you again today, where is your joy? Where is your joy? Maybe you've lost your joy, so where would you lose it? Maybe you've never found joy in the first place, so the question is, where do you find joy? Well, the joy I'm talking about today only comes from God. It's the only place it can come from. He is the source of true joy, and He gives it to His people. And again, this is supernatural joy that God gives to us so that we can live supernatural lives. Open your Bible with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read today what is called Mary's Song. Uh, Mary has been told by the angel Gabriel that she's going to give birth to God's Son, and and through that, uh, bless the entire world. And and Mary is so overwhelmed with joy from being chosen by God and being a blessing to the the world that, that she explodes with this gratitude and praise. And we have her song beginning in verse 46. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And may the Lord add his blessings to the reading and and now the preaching Of His Word. Really, what I want to talk to you about this morning is the joy that comes from serving God. Now, I know people who spend their lives rummaging around, going from hobby to hobby, relationship to relationship, toy to toy, looking for something that might bring true joy. And guess what? They never find it. So, stop the mad, elusive chase. If you want to find real joy in your life, bury yourself in a life of service to God and you will find the joy that you're looking for. Look again at Mary's song. For nearly 2,000 years, it has been recorded in the Word of God for us to read. As far back as 1,500 years ago, her song was set to music. And in various forms, the church has been resinging singing Mary's song for over a thousand years. In verse 46, Mary declared, My soul glorifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his maidservant. You see, this overflowing joy comes from the fact that Mary is aware that God has chosen her, that God has called her, that God has equipped her to be a part of something that is going to bless the entire world. In her song, Mary identifies herself as the Lord's servant. It appears in the New King James, as I've read, maidservant. Literally, the word is a slave girl. She is rejoicing that she is a slave girl of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that really doesn't ring a bell for me, you know, to be a slave, you know. But understand the context. She is saying, God, I am your servant. You have chosen me for your work, and I submit to that. I am your servant. And she is overcome and overwhelmed and absolutely lost in her service to a great God. This is awesome for her. Now, to really understand this, we have to go back a few verses and, and, and see how Mary became a part of this great thing that God was doing in her life, not only to bring her great joy, but to bring great joy to the whole world. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, Luke explains for us that God had sent an angel by the name of Gabriel to deliver this message to Mary. Now, Mary has already been pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. And, and, and Luke takes great detail and is very careful to acknowledge the fact that Mary is a virgin. So here's the deal. God is giving to this young lady a particular task that will ultimately cause her to overflow with this great joy as she is caught up in the great activity that God has to bring redemption to mankind. Let me just put it like this. There is joy in serving God. There is real joy in serving the Lord. But having said that, we all know that not all service is joyous. Sometimes it's a drudgery. And sometimes it doesn't bring any joy. I've been been studying this for years. (laughs) Why? Why is that? Why is something that is supposed to bring so much joy in our... Sometimes it doesn't bring that joy. Well, I, I really think it comes down to this. Sometimes, sometimes we're not serving in what I'm calling the sweet spot. You ever heard that term? The sweet spot? Well, if you play golf or baseball, you know all about the sweet spot. When you hit the ball in just the right sweet spot on the club or the bat... Just in the right place, man, it explodes with great power. I don't play nearly as much golf as I used to, but, man, I I used to play a lot of golf, and I would go out and I'd play round after round. I may play five rounds of golf and only one time really hit the ball on the sweet spot of the club. Pros do it every time. But let me tell you, when you hit that ball on the sweet spot, it just explodes with power, and you think, whoa, watch out, Tiger, here I come. You play baseball, you know about it. You hit it on the sweet spot, and I mean, it just, it explodes. It's the sweet spot, and it's sweet. Now, there's not very many of you who relate with that because very few of you have played baseball, and a lot of you don't play golf. So I've been trying to think, okay, what what can I I tell you that you really relate to? Well, I I thought of this. Occasionally, my wife goes to the kitchen. (laughs) Hang on. No. I haven't finished that statement to do some Christmas baking. OK? About once a year, we do this. And my kids will go in there, we I, feel. I do have a job. I'm the tester. Okay, I test it. Kids will go in there with her, and, and they do all the baking for 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 Christmas cookies and candies and stuff like that, and uh, you know she's planned, she's been to the store, she's bought all the ingredients, everything is out, everything is in order, and she kind of gets she's 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 got her Miss Kay's apron on, she really didn't have one, in it, but she does have a Miss Kay's mitt, and and I mean she said I just I watch her in there and I think ooh. Boy, she's good looking. No, I think, you know, she is in the sweet spot because everything's coming together and all the ingredients are there and she's kind of in a groove. It's a sweet spot groove. Ladies, can you relate to that? Baking when you're in the sweet spot is not a drudgery, is it? You're still not relating with me on this, I can... I tell you what, sometimes it works, sometimes... Sometimes it's difficult to write sermons. Can I tell you you, you don't it is it's tough to write sermons. I, I've got to be able to say something that's gonna keep you awake. And that is difficult to do sometimes. But you know, and, and sometimes it, it is a drudgery doing all this reading and studying, but th- there are other times that I mean it's just it's just it's almost magical. It's just flowing, my brain is working, which doesn't happen often, but, and it's just exploding up the, And it's it's the sweet spot of sermon writing. Well, Mary's in that sweet spot. I'm calling it the service sweet spot. And the result is going to be something that blesses the whole world. And it brings great joy to Mary's heart. Now, you you will find in the service sweet spot, it happens, it comes together when three things line up. And the first thing that must line up if you're going to serve in the sweet spot is the grace of God. God's grace. Look at verse 28 of Luke chapter 1. The angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found great favor with God. How could something so great, think about this, how could someone with a capital S, someone so great, Jesus how could Jesus come from one that is so young so poor and yeah I'm talking about Mary so simple so unknown so unmarried and so unrighteous how could God's son come from someone like this well the answer very simple that's grace it's grace God always does it this way because in this way He gets the glory for it. I mean, you really don't deserve anything that you have. And the only reason you have it is because of God's grace. Now, going back to Mary's song, you see how this grace kind of flows through her. The first thing about this grace is God's grace flows to the humble. God works through humble people, people who realize just how dependent they are on the grace of God. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. And that's exactly the way Mary sees herself. In verse 48, she says, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Verse 51, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Verse 52, He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Really, this is true when it comes to our salvation. You and I are lost in our sins, and we cannot do a single thing to save ourselves. We do not deserve to have a relationship with God and to have eternal life through Him. And the doorway to salvation is humbling ourselves before God and admitting that we're sinners. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This grace is not only true for our salvation, but it's also true in our service. You you see, as long as I think God is privileged to have me on His team, I will be of no use to him, nor will I be of any use to anyone else. Grace is what makes our service truly glorifying to God and helpful to others. And that grace flows through those who are humble. Grace also flows to those who are hungry. Look at verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away Empty. Now, when I read that verse, I immediately thought of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see, as long as I am full of myself, or as long as I am full of the things of this world, I will never be filled with the grace of God. But when I realize my poverty apart from God, and when I hunger and thirst after God then God's going to fill me up. Isn't that awesome? God's grace flows to the humble. God's grace flows to the hungry. But number three, God's grace also flows to the helpless. Verse 54, Mary declared, He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as He said to our fathers. You see, God came to help his helpless people and as long as we think we can do things on our own strength and that we don't need his help we're gonna miss the life God has for us and we're gonna miss the joy he wants in our life so I have to say God God I have nothing to give I am helpless when it comes to really helping anybody I can't do it on my own so Lord I empty myself so that you can do your work in me and you can do your work through me. Hmm. And when we admit that we are humble and hungry and helpless, God's grace flows down. You see, Mary saw the Lord. And when she saw the Lord, the Lord Lord turned everything upside down in her life. Everything changed. And in a moment, her life went, went chaos. It went crazy. It flipped upside down. But you know what? That's what grace does. Grace changes everything. Grace flips things over. Nobodies become somebodies. The hungry are filled. The helpless become strong. And in our service to God and others, we should consume God's grace just like a 747 jet consumes jet fuel. We just can't do the extraordinary without the grace of God. Just like a 747 cannot fly without jet fuel flowing in its engines. We've got to have God's grace. So Lord, let it flow. So Mary sings with joy because of the grace of God, but she also sings with joy because of the assignment God has given to her. Now, when you really think about it, God has given us the same assignment that he gave to Mary. And that is to present Jesus to the world. Look at verse 31. The angel said, you will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will will never end. You see, church, really at at the root, this is what all service is intended to do. Our service to God is intended to present Jesus to a world that needs Him. So that His grace and His mercy and His salvation is a present for everyone. I don't know, maybe, maybe you've had someone who came into your life and served you in such a way that you, you almost felt the presence of Jesus through their service. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you were sick and in the hospital and somebody came and visited you in the name of the Lord and, and you just felt the presence of Jesus there through that person. Maybe you were discouraged and someone came alongside of you and spoke an encouraging word and, and you just had this, well, I feel Jesus here. Maybe someone has taught you truth from God's Word and you felt the presence of Jesus. You see, when, when you receive that service, you almost felt as if Jesus was giving it to you himself. And that's what's supposed to happen. God's grace and his joy is flowing through that servant's life into your life. Can you relate to that? You know what I'm talking about? Someone ministers to you in the name of Jesus, and that service, that grace flows through that person into your life. It's an awesome feeling. It's a a great thing. It's a great thing to experience. And I can't think of a better illustration to use this on than what's going to happen up here tomorrow night. Adopt a family. Over 170 families. Close to 1,000 people are going to come through our building. Some of those people have never stepped inside of a church, ever. Most of them live in poverty. They have very little of their own. And we're coming to treat them, treat those little kids like, like kings and queens. We're coming here tomorrow night, and as they come, we are presenting to them the greatest gift that man can receive, Jesus Christ. Gee, it's an awesome feeling. It to serve in that capacity, to allow God's grace to flow through your life into somebody else's, it's it's awesome. Sometimes there are things that I'm called on to do as, as a preacher that I don't particularly enjoy doing. Just be honest with you. Some things I don't really get a thrill out of doing. I don't frolic my way through a funeral service, you know. I don't get a real charge going to a hospital room and seeing someone suffering and dying. You know, sometimes I I dread doing those things. And I have to force myself to go do them. But I'm here to tell you when I go and when I do them, and God starts working, and God is flowing through me, and His grace is flowing through me to that person that is in need, and I see that God is working in that capacity through me to them, it does something to me that nothing else in this world can do. It's a true blessing to be used by God for the assignment that He has for us. Now now notice how Mary responds... To this revelation, Luke one thirty four, when God told her what her assignment was in presenting Jesus, she said, how can this be? I mean, how could this happen? I'm a virgin. (laughs) Hmm. How will this be? Well, the answer is in point number three, it's the power of God. How do you have real joy in your life? Well, you allow God's grace to flow through you. You complete the assignment that God has given you in presenting Jesus, and you do it in the power of God. Mary's joy overflows because she is serving God in the sweet spot of service, in the grace of God, the assignment of God, and in the power of God. Just look at verse 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Since the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. Get this. For nothing is impossible with God. (laughs) Wow. I don't know, you may be sitting there thinking, God could never do anything with somebody like me. God could never do anything through somebody like me. Somebody with my weaknesses. Somebody with my past. Someone with my fears. That's no problem with God. In fact, that's kind of a check mark for God because when you get to that point, you realize you can't do it by yourself. You can only do it through His grace. And He signs you up. 1 Peter 4, says, If anyone speaks, he should do it as if speaking the very words of God. And if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. God does it this way so that He's the one who gets the praise. Real question this morning is this. How do we connect with this kind of joy? How do we connect with the joy that comes in being consumed with the service of God? Well, the only way that can happen is for us to respond just as Mary responded in verse 38. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. (laughs) I'd say that's, that's a pretty good definition of what faith is. Lord, I'm just your servant. Do whatever you want to with me. Everything I have is yours, Lord. Use me. I'm talking about serving God and the joy that comes to our life when we serve God. I don't know, maybe you've spent your life rummaging around, as I said earlier, from hobby to hobby, relationship to relationship, toy to toy, looking for something that might bring you true joy. And you haven't found it, have you? You're not going to. So stop the mad, elusive chase. Give your heart to Jesus Christ and bury yourself in a life of service to God and you will find the joy that you've been looking for. So are you willing to say, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. God's will be done in my life today. Will you say that? Will you mean that? We're going to end our service a little different than uh, what we normally do on Sunday mornings. There's a small crowd today, so I'm treating you like a Wednesday night crowd. <laughs> I'm going to invite you to come to the altar, every, every one of us, if you're willing to come. Let's come together and pray. Let's ask God to bless our church and bless adoptive family. Would you come? Just stand up and come right now. Don't, don't Just come on. We're going to come and pray together as the family of faith. If you're here today and, and you don't have a relationship with God, you can have a relationship with Him through simple faith in Him. Just admit your sin, confess your sin, and invite Jesus into your heart. Maybe you're away from God today and, and you need to come and recommit your life to Him. I pray that you do that at the altar. Let's pray for our church as we segue into tomorrow and all the activity of adopt